Well, hello and welcome to a new week of Noah's Window. And today we got an interesting concept, I think, to talk about because it's about contradictions. Now, a lot of times people talk about contradictions in the Bible, but that isn't the kind of contradiction we're talking about today. Not really. But I think we've been talking about 2 Corinthians, and so this is Paul writing. And I, again, I hope you'll get the get your Bible out and read this whole chapter to get the flow and the whole context of this because I'm going to jump in towards the end of the chapter. Um in verse 10, and this is Paul talking about himself and his co-workers, he said, Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, and yet we have everything. Now, all those sound like contradictions to me. What do you think, Mark? Well, this whole section has been about contradictions. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, to me, Second Corinthians 3-6 through 6 is just this glorious section of the Bible. And the whole section is about how earth looks at things and how heaven looks mm, at things. For instance, that. you know, we just talked about last week, Paul said, uh, though our outward person is perishing, mm-hmm. our inward person is being renewed every day. So you have a contradiction there. But again, it's kind of like earth's view and heaven's yes. view. Um, in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any person is in Christ, that person is a new creation. So again, you've got a person who's, you know, existing and yet... At the moment they receive Christ, heaven looks at them as a new creation. So over and over and over in this three-chapter area, well, actually, I guess it's four chapters, um, you do have this kind of earth's perspective, heaven's mm-hmm. perspective. So Paul is kind of like, he's kind of like ending this glorious section with kind of like the grand finale of a fireworks show. Right. And he's saying, even though the world looks at us as beaten down, po- impoverished, um, you know, basically dying. God looks at heaven, looks at us as being rich, as being vibrant, full of life. Right, but on a but on a um, like in a, in a situation that's very real, mm-hmm. it, while experiencing something. To me, this is really powerful. He said they have heartaches, but they also have joy. Yeah, yeah. And, and to me, I mean, we know a lot of people who are walking through seasons of heartache right now, mm-hmm. and those who have the Lord in their life. The fact that they can find joy in spite of the heartaches, to me, is extremely powerful and and, um, contradicts everything that our our normal thinking would conjure up in in a really tough situation. Well, I think that's the blessing of being a Christ follower is by faith we can always see past this moment. And what we see past this moment makes us recognize that whatever we're dealing with right now there's something there's a bigger picture god's mm-hmm. god's doing a greater work we're holding on to something that's invisible but extremely valuable so valuable mm-hmm. that it can't even be measured its value can't be measured and so even though and we talked about job for quite a while last week so even though we might be going through really hard times we know that we have a rock-solid relationship with the Lord. We know that He loves us. We know that He has a future for us. And those are the things, I think, that can bring joy. And and how many times in all these years of ministry have we met people who were in great moments of suffering, great extended sometimes uh, seasons of suffering, and yet they had a joy about them that was just amazing to uh, be around. Well, I could go off on a tangent here like I always do, but I think there there are two basic reasons that come to mind instantly how we can have joy even if we're going through a difficult time. The first, it's almost like a, it's almost like a set of parentheses. The first parenthesis is 
the presence of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Because even if I'm going through a difficult time, God is here with me and yes. I can have joy in his presence. The other parenthesis is the promises of God. Mm -hmm. We know that what we're going through right now is temporary, that because of God's promises, we know that the future is as bright as day, whereas a person doesn't have the promises of God, all they can do is just focus on what they're going through right mm -hmm. now. Well, and I love the first point you made particularly about the Holy Spirit because when we're going through a particularly tough time, we, we have, can have the information. We know the Holy Spirit is with us, but I believe when we're in a really dark season, we can actually know his presence. Mm -hmm. it, it's like he is yeah. carrying us, he is sustaining us, oh, he is yeah. guiding us. And the world can't duplicate that in any form or fashion, and they don't understand it either. Well, I really do believe that when we go through the most difficult moment, we sense his presence mm -hmm. more than ever. Mm -hmm. I, th I think mm -hmm. his presence is more real. I mean, I know this is perhaps an extreme application of that, but when I was a kid, I used to hear the old time preachers talk about dying grace, mm -hmm. how that when the time comes to die, we will have a, a grace, we will have a, uh, we'll have what we need to get through that moment. Mm -hmm. And I can remember the preachers used to say, if you don't think you have dying grace, you're not dying right now. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll have it when you get to that moment. Well, like I said, that's, a, that's an extreme application. But I really do believe that the Holy Spirit meets us uh, most intimately in these darkest moments, mm -hmm. you know. And He can guide us as well. I remember, not to have a personal reference here, but uh, when I had COVID a couple of years ago, and I was at a very desperate place, and um, not in a good reasoning place either. And um, I remember it seemed to me like the Holy Spirit was telling me to reach out to someone. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of the night, I reached out to someone and God took that person to minister to us who, who brought answers to us that turned things around. I, and, and you know, that's not the only case. I remember my mother used to tell a story when my, I had an older sister, I still have her, she's still with me. <laughs> but when she was a little girl, before I was born, she had a, a, a dreadful disease and was getting worse and worse and worse. And my mother told me she was kneeling down beside her bed and praying. And God brought to her mind a phone number of a doctor that she hadn't taken the children to in years. And she, in the middle of the night, she called that doctor. He sent her to the hospital, completely changed her, her treatment, and she turned around. So I'm, I'm just, those are just two random examples. I just know that when we're in a season of heartache, whether it's an illness or a tragedy or just um, a relationship or there are many heartaches in this life yeah. but even in a, in a place of heartache we can know a joy with God's presence and his provision and his promises those are all things that we can cling to uh, which seems like a contradiction to the world I'm sure well I think it's also of note here that that Paul speaks in this little grand finale here about how they are impoverished and yet they are rich and not only are they rich they're making others rich right, they're giving the spiritual riches yes and you know um it's it's really important that we're able to separate the riches of this temporary world yes. from the eternal riches of god you know yeah and and always saying this we want to hold these riches loosely we can god can provide for us and give us a, a season of enjoyment of the riches of this world but they're going to go away yes they will but the spiritual riches we have are ours for eternity 
and uh, they're going to keep paying dividends forever. I, I love when Jesus talks about the riches of this world. He talks about three enemies, moths, rust, and thieves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and that's, that pretty well sums it up. You know, uh, with moths, there's just the, the gradual aging. You know, mm -hmm. with rust, you have, you know, the long-term aging. And then thieves, you have a, someone immediately taking away. So if you think about those three, three enemies of our earthly possessions, Jesus sort of covered it right there. But he said, lay up your treasure in heaven mm -hmm. where moths and rust and thieves can't do Thank to you. those yeah, riches. Right. Yes. Yeah. yes, so I'm so glad that Paul shared this contradiction with this, this list of contradictions, really. And as you said, the grand finale here in chapter six. So I hope you'll get your Bible and read through this because it's worth reading and rereading and even committing it to memory because I believe it will bring comfort and encouragement to us at different seasons of our life. So I hope that'll be an encouragement to you today as you go through your day. So on that note, Mark, would you lead us in a word of prayer? Father, thank you for once again bringing our attention to this precious section of your word. And Lord, I pray that you would, by your Holy Spirit, confirm in our hearts the awareness that the riches of this world cannot compare to the riches that are yet to come. And Lord, I know that many right now are going through hardship and difficulty, suffering, fear. I pray in the name of Jesus that your Holy Spirit might make his presence known in a real and tangible and comforting way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us again here on Noah's Window, and we'll look forward to seeing you again here tomorrow. We'll see you Tuesday. God bless.